1: 18- Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled the Varieties TV Podcast. I'm Deborah Burnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking to Nathan Fillion about his new ABC drama, The Rookie, followed by Tay Diggs, who stars in The CW's All American. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and I'm here with Nathan Fillion.
0: Hi, Deborah. How are you doing? I'm so good.
1: So let's talk about The Rookie. What made you want to sign on for it?
0: You know, I, uh, I was thinking about this just the other day. Um, it was all the pieces that were coming together. Uh, this is the first time I've ever signed on to a project before having seen a script, but there was no script available. We, That's amazing. We and you just signed on the idea? And, exactly. We wow. pitched and sold this thing before we ever even had a, a pilot written, uh, That was a new process for me. It was very interesting. Uh, I liken it to a sandwich. If I told you I was going to make you an amazing sandwich, the bread's going to be fresh, it's all your favorite, the tomato's perfect, the shredded lettuce and dressing, mm. you haven't tasted it yet. <laughs> you know it's going to be a great sandwich.
1: Was that the pitch to ABC and e
0: No, but I, <laughs> th- I, I don't know how strong the sandwich pitch is. But... That was in my repertoire.
1: I like it. I'm Thanks. sold. Thank you. <laughs> but part of that sandwich was a reunion. A reunion, sorry, with um, Alexi Holly.
0: It's right. That's exactly right. He and I met on uh, Castle. We had some fantastic experiences together. And when he called me up, it's just one of those things when you 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 know what your experience is going to be like. You know. Uh, the caliber and quality of work that's going to come out of Alexei. You uh, know how pleasant he's going to be to work with. You know you're going to have fun. It's, it's working with your friends. Uh, it's hard to shake a stick at that.
1: And, you know, to go back to your sandwich analogy, you know, <laughs> TV likes its sandwiches. Like, TV likes its procedurals. It's a, it, it plays well into what TV is looking for.
0: I sure hope so. I got to tell you, I, my my field of study doesn't stretch into what do people like. I always find that very confusing. And I'm more of a cross my fingers, I hope they're digging this, because it's something I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been very fortunate that I've been involved with projects that I enjoy. Um, if people watch them, <laughs> thank God, then that, that's that's uh, well, that's well, the job, isn't it? Sure.
1: So it's, explain a little bit about the character for people who haven't seen it yet.
0: So this is a John Nolan, a man who discovers his role in life has changed. He's no longer required as a father figure because his son is off to college. He no longer has the role of husband because he's been through a divorce. The construction job, the company that he had, uh, was a... Uh, a function of need he needed to make money for a family that he you know kind of fell into and his plans changed it wasn't his dream job so now he's faced with uh the middle of his life everything has changed for him do you sit and wallow in that job or do you do something uh that for him i think he was he's looking for meaning he wants to do something that matters
1: and this is based on a true story.
0: There is a cop <laughs> who uh, we gleaned this story from, a kernel of truth. In our, We're not we're not uh, mirroring his life in any way with the exception of, you know, at 42, he said, this isn't for me and changed his job and became one of the oldest, the oldest rookie on the LAPD.
1: So what kind of trouble is he going to face in that role? Or translation, you?
0: You know, you're throwing yourself into... A realm that is um populated by much younger people the the people that are his peers are in their early twenties. Um, the people that are training him are still a decade younger than he is uh, The people that are closest in age to him are captains and detectives and uh you know are f- much further along in their career and he 's just learning the ropes he's uh, it's a real leveler it's really leveling the playing field he's uh, you know a fish out of water he's he's all those things he's 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 unprepared for this by the way police work <laughs> oh my god <laughs> every every time we talk we have these uh, lovely uh, consultants these these police officers uh every story i hear just terrifies me and makes me so happy I'm not a cop in actual life. That is a not an easy job. You have to have the calling. It's a service.
1: And this show really shows that. I mean, I love the use of body cams and dash cams to really, I mean, it, it sort of updates it beyond the police police procedurals we've seen before.
0: Yes. You know, certainly we we want an element of realism. Uh, we're not saying that it has to be the most realistic or it, it's if it's not realistic, it's not good. We, we're still telling stories, we're still making a television program, there are still uh, limitations we have by way of, you know uh, I always say uh, how fast you walk depends on how much hallway there is and how many lines you have to say that's one of those things where it's, the show dictates mm-hmm. what is going to happen, now we again, we try to lend as much realism as we can and part of that is the body cams and something I don't think we've seen yet on uh, procedural
1: yeah um, how does it compare for you to other characters you've played?
0: Uh, you know, what's really refreshing is I've played uh, a goofy kind of don't-take-me-seriously character for eight years. That w- uh, was a long time. Eight years is a, a long time to do anything. Sure. Um, it's nice. Um, it's a- it's also a lot of work. Castle never shut up. <laughs> uh, it's-, it's a lot of work, uh, I think this job has uh, certainly has different challenges um, but I, l- I like being able to do something different now uh, I I didn't realize how much I missed doing something else
1: sure yeah so will there be any humor will we get to see if absolutely
0: I mean this is uh, again when we talk about realism we try to make sure that um, I mean real life is funny but uh, mm. But our humor is grounded in reality. It's grounded in real life. It's not far-fetched ideas that were spectacular and hilarious. But it's, um, it's those situations where I think, as an audience member, I really like being safe and seeing other people in uncomfortable situations I wouldn't want to be in. I like being able to be that observer saying, I'm glad that's not me. And I think there's a lot of that in John Nolan's experience where you're going to be really happy you're not him.
1: <laughs> you mentioned how hard it is. Did you have to do any training for this? What kind uh, of research did you do?
0: Uh, have to? No. Um, but I, when I had, I, you know, uh, the end of my last job, I had some little time on my hands with which to pursue some health goals, which I, I appreciated the time. <laughs> um, uh, nobody forced my hand or anything. People ask that all the time. Uh, training. One, uh, we again, we had police consultants who were training us uh, the whys that police do what they do there's a story behind every rule we do it like this because you don't want this to happen one day this is what happened now there's a rule to make sure that never happens again mm-hmm. so we learn those kinds of things how to clear a room how to arrest somebody how to how to uh, the proper way to cuff somebody we, we learn these procedures the most important i think is every one of us has a, a gun on our hip mm-hmm. and even full of blanks those things are incredibly dangerous in anyone's hands it's um, It's a real good feeling going through the training uh, with police officers and your castmates beside you. You can watch everybody and see the care that goes into um, the responsibility of carrying these. They are weapons. (laughs) They are weapons. And they are dangerous. It's nice to be able to look at my castmates and say, I trust every single one of you. Holding one of these things next to me, and these things are popping off all the time. I'm, it's, it's a nice confidence to have. It was something that worried me in the beginning. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: What were the other challenges for you in taking on the
0: job? Okay, so <laughs> here's what they don't tell you. Um, by the way, the costume that the police wear the the, the, the uniform uh, for actors we call it costumes. <laughs> the police we call it uniforms. It's wool and it's head to toe. It's and long this is sleeves. In LA. It's in L.A. It's a tie. It's it's incredibly dark uh, colors. Uh, it's nearly black. It's. Uh, There's no summer version, no cotton. If, when you're not a rookie, you could start wearing short sleeves and you don't have to wear a tie anymore. I'm looking forward to that. But in the meantime, <laughs> I'm Season a rookie. Two. Yeah, exactly. We're rookies. We have to wear the long sleeves. We have to wear the ties. Again, that's a little piece of the realism we're, we're reaching for. Um, the gun belts. I just put a little pad yesterday under the edge of my gun belt because it's digging into my hip. And I got a, <laughs> I got a purple bruise underneath my pants down here. It's, I got one on my hip over here. It's, it's a lot of heavy equipment that they're wearing around their waist. Now, God bless them. I love them. Thank you very much for doing all that stuff. But I honestly don't need a walkie-talkie during my day. No. So you know, I Not went up to the prop department <laughs> and I said, so I got this giant walkie-talkie with a big battery. It weighs about four and a half pounds on the back of my left hip. Or I know you have some foamy rubber ones that stunt guys wear <laughs> that are super light and they're not going to hit anybody in the head and, you know, cause... Why don't I put one of those in there? And, like I, I'm looking into like lightening the load a little bit. Excellent. Yeah. That's
1: impressive. Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, not every show needs to have a message, but do you think that there's something that makes this show relevant today? Is there something you're trying to say?
0: I think people are... Th- I think this is the new norm. Marriage used to be the norm. Then divorce became the norm. Now the norm is this reinvention, this start again, this Mm -hmm. I'm halfway through and the world is changing around me. Your option is to stagnate or change. And uh, this is what's happening in the world now. I mean, I I, I know so many people who are, uh, who have uh, had, uh, they have a family, uh, there's divorce, the kids are grown and off on their own, and now they're starting new families, and now they're starting new jobs. This is the new norm. Mm -hmm. People are reinventing themselves and starting again halfway through. I think that's relevant, and I think that's a a truth, and I think people are going through that.
1: Sure. And I think there's also a lot of conversations about the police and their role in the community. Is that something you want to be covering?
0: Absolutely. I mean, (sighs) unfortunately, police doing their jobs and doing a good job uh, isn't good news that doesn't make for good news stories Mm -hmm. so we don't see a lot of those stories but there's police out there doing their thing and and they have the calling and they are they want to help they want to do something that matters they when everything goes wrong for us that's when we call the police when it's totally out of control it's out of our hands now we need an authority to come in like we need some help that's when everything's gone terribly that's when you call the cops and that's when their job begins and that is i think uh, a heavy burden i mean that you have to want to help
1: you've been doing tv for a while have you seen tv change from your perspective
0: good question um i think the most obvious one is uh this uh, whole concept that we've seen this paradigm shift of uh, I mean when I was a kid if I wanted to see Gillian's Island I had a half an hour from 3.30 to 4 o'clock in which to make the 35 minute walk home so I had to hustle if I wanted to see Gillian's Island that's all there was to it Mm -hmm. then we had to the digital recording so your shows come on they get recorded that's great now it's this on demand you want to see something you press a button and it's there the binge watching the Um, entertainment, but on my time and on my schedule. And you can really refine your entertainment time. Um, And I think that's important. I think people are realizing that. I mean, we work, we have families, we have uh, duties, obligations, responsibilities, but we also want to be uh, relaxed. We want to shut down. We want to be entertained. And I think that time is important to us. And the options that people have now, uh, just sheer volume, and the fact that it's it's instant, it's right now. People say, hey, have you seen that show? Now you can go and watch a season or two or three or four. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, There's a lot.
0: Yeah, it is a paradigm shift.
1: Does that change the stories you want to tell, the projects you want to take on?
0: It certainly does. It certainly does show you that... Uh, your entertainment has to be good. You can't just... You can't squeak by. Uh, if if you want to bring an audience... I mean, I guess that's always true, but I feel now more than ever, it, it has to be good. You have to be uh, playing some music that people want to hear. You, you need to pull them in. Uh, you need to attract them. You need to social media. That's another paradigm shift in entertainment. I was going to uh,
1: ask you about that. I mean, you're really active on social media. The like?
0: value is high, and mm-hmm. it can't be denied. Um, I I think back to uh, shows that I loved, that, oh, what if social media existed back then? What would have been different? <laughs> that, but I, I mean, you yeah, have certainly had jobs <laughs> I've had, yeah, absolutely, but um, that was when the internet was a baby. I remember having dial-up at one point uh, during that project. Uh, but I'm thinking... You know, every time Night Court won an Emmy over Cheers, I always thought, what? Cheers was so good. How did, I just felt like if I had a, a voice at that point, how would it have been different? I think about those things.
1: And now you've got a voice. I mean, you've got a platform to use it. How do you use social media to engage with your fans? Uh,
0: I think uh, social media is awfully fun. <laughs> um, I like to use it to entertain and to try out jokes and uh, I'll – if my friends have a great joke, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them, hey, I'm stealing that joke. I'm putting it on the Internet, and I'll never credit you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so I do that a lot. Uh, but, I mean, there's uh, such an inherent value. If you have a, a new project, letting people know, people who watch your projects who, oh, I'm going to follow this fellow on Instagram. And when something comes up, you can let them know, hey, here's where the new one is. Come check it out. And people will. And uh, I think a, a huge one is uh, when you're doing charity work. Uh, Having fans is amazing. Mm. Having fans who are engaged and who actually care about something, uh, you raise a little awareness to say, "Here's a little something." What about a dollar? Uh, getting all these people to donate one dollar is uh, incre- it's 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 a powerful tool.
1: What are some of the causes you're passionate
0: about? Uh, we've done some work uh, um, with uh, charity Water, Kusawera, uh What was the Uh, Sabala, mm-hmm. uh a lot of orphanages in africa we're uh, building wells uh, for uh, villages just getting people clean water things like that easy easy stuff to do and uh, i find rather than auctioning off something to the highest bidder i think the great a great way to go is uh, the lottery system that way it only costs you a couple bucks to now you have a chance and uh, we fly people in from wherever they may be come into la and we put them up in a hotel, and we take them out for lunch, and we have a, an afternoon together. We hang out, and and then villages get clean water forever. I mean, amazing. it's a good thing.
1: It's a very good thing. I know you just came from Comic-Con. What was that experience like for you? You're a
0: little little of the different. king of Comic-Con at yeah. this point? Uh, well, it's, it, you know, it's, I, I love when people say that. Um, but there's no crown, just so we know, just okay. so we're all clear. There's <laughs> no absolutely no I'm crown. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, I was hoping for, for a throne. That didn't <laughs> happen either. But um, I do have a cloak. That's not true. A scepter We yes, we. Um, last year I didn't go to Comic Con. Uh, I didn't really have anything to promote, and quite honestly, Comic Con is a is a it's a huge endeavor. It's logistically it's it's difficult. It's it, getting a place to stay, making sure you're at some place at a certain time with transportation, and the way roads are blocked and the the travel. It's it's a nut. It's a madhouse. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic energy for a madhouse. It's, it's a really nice place to be. Um, but if you don't have anything to promote and if if there's nothing really going on for you right now, it's a great time to take a break. And I did that last year. Cut to this year, uh, I got a text from somebody on Wednesday and I, I, was, I wasn't going to arrive to San Diego until the following day. Uh, and it was a photo of my face on the side of a building. <laughs> it's I, very large. <laughs> nobody called me and let me know and said, by the way, don't be shocked, but here's what's going down. Nobody gave me that phone call. So I had no idea. So every time we went to the hotel, I'm looking up at my my big mug looking down at me. That was surreal. <laughs> what did you least.
1: think of that poster? It was
0: uh, no, It was, uh, it was, it was kind of great. And just the direction that the building was facing, I was kind of constantly saying, I wonder what he's looking at <laughs> across the bay over there. But, um, yeah, that was very surreal. I, that's never uh, That's never happened to me.
1: So we're in an era now where everyone's talking about reboots and revivals and everything is coming back. Is there a role of yours that you'd be willing to revisit?
0: Yes, all of them. Uh, I'm not picky. (laughs) (laughs) But even more so, like I said earlier, I'm so fortunate that I've had the opportunity uh, to play roles that really tickle me and they really please me and I have a lot of fun and that people um, don't let them die. People don't forget there's very few roles <laughs> I've done where I wouldn't say, yeah, I'd do that again in a heartbeat. I, as I would. I had a great time in my career. I don't remember any sucky jobs. They were all great. Of course, time has a way of filtering out of all, the, all the terrible hours <laughs> and the, you know, the sacrifices. But still, you have a and great time. And the long-sleeful suits.
1: There's that. <laughs> so let's leave, leave me with one word to describe the rookie.
0: Exciting and new. No, that's, one, that's three words, and that's the love boat. <laughs> um, That's a different show. The Rookie. Beginnings. But you have to say it in a low, kind of sexy Beginnings. 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 On a very special The Rookie. That's the title of our pilot, actually. That's not true. I think but we've got a
1: new voiceover. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: Always it's been a, a pleasure. pleasure, Deborah.
1: So that was what Nathan had to say about why
2: he signed on for another ABC procedural. Up next, we'll hear from Tay Diggs. Hello, and welcome to Remote Controlled Varieties TV Podcast. I'm Danielle Terciano, Associate Features Editor in Television. And today we have CW All American star Tay Diggs. Welcome.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: So on the show, you're playing a dad, you're playing a football coach, and you're playing a father figure to Mm -hmm. another. Young gentleman who comes mm-hmm. in switches schools. Um, what's the balance like for you in terms of the family time on the show, the football time on the show?
3: Good question. Um, this show for me, uh, and it and it sounds you know, I'm bordering on just how 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 uh, cheesy I, I I might sound, but it's it's a dream come true. You know, I've never. Uh, been able to to play a a, a character, you know, in in a sport, um, as well as, uh, you know, a very uh, uh, fully developed uh, uh, character as far as family is concerned. Um, You know, there's a hit factor in that, you know, there's so many young people, uh, viewers uh, attached to CW and the cast. So I feel like, you know, I, I get to do it all. So you know when we're shooting, it's it's almost equal parts of mm. of everything. You know, a couple times a week we're out on the field at night under the lights. Everybody's got on the pads and you know, the cheerleaders and you know the the colors of the of the field. It's awesome. And then uh, from an actor's perspective, you know, to be at home, you know, with the family and to be dealing with you know the relationship between me and my wife, or me and my son, or me and Spencer. And, You know, dealing, but then at the same time, dealing with really pertinent and important social issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's 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 great. I really, I I really am uh, fortunate to be working on a a project that hits so many. You know, uh, uh, that ticks so many different boxes.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, were you looking specifically for a show that was going to get topical?
3: I was not, because uh, you know, it's 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 difficult to not be jaded in this business and when pilot season comes around, you know, at first you just want a gig, you know, you want a gig that pays, a gig that shoots, you know, uh, uh, where your family is. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I came across this one and it was, uh, you know, it was very obvious that that this was something that that I wanted to do, that I think I needed to do. And, uh, that was, uh, topical.
2: Mm -hmm. Are there elements you feel like you personally relate to?
3: So many, you know, so many. And, and these elements keep revealing themselves, almost like a gift that, that continues to give. Um, you know, there are so many situations where life seems to be imitating art and vice versa with, you know, certain characters being uh, a fish out of water and being forced to, you know, to explore, you know, a new side of life you know, uh, elements where you look at one character, one person, one neighborhood, one certain way, but then the show forces you to see it, you know, uh, from a different perspective, you know, all of that, you know, it just, in my own personal Mm -hmm. life, I'm older, I have an eight year old son. So in life I'm dealing with that, what it's like to be mature, what it's like to actually be a father, a black man, you know, a single father, um, And you know I'm experiencing that uh, in these scripts as as well, so Mm -hmm. it's 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 cool.
2: I mean, in the show, you're also an ex football player. Mm. The character Mm. had a lot of success and is now coaching young men to see success Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you had to do any sort of training, any sort of special research? I mean,
3: you know, as as an actor, you know, I want to be as authentic as possible. So um, it's not like I need to be on the field you know, you know, running suicides and whatnot. But, um, I have the actual, you know, uh, Spencer, uh, mm-hmm. Pacinger on set. So I'm, I'm constantly asking him what it was like, you know, um, I'm, I'm watching, you know, all of these young people just with their, you know, amazing athleticism run these drills. And, um, you know, obviously I like to get out there and, and, and play catch and mm-hmm. kind of test, test my, my own, uh, you know my 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 own abilities but um on a physical side not so much but to have the actual character on set has been really, really great and I'm I'm constantly kind of trying to take advantage of that
2: do you feel like you know, talking about the topicality. Obviously, mm. there's a lot of issues of class, of race, mm. sexuality that mm-hmm. come up. Um, I imagine political as well. Mm-hmm. In terms of like maybe police brutality, sure. locker room culture sure. are these things that you're already starting to see in the oh, scripts? One
3: hundred percent. Yeah, and they keep. Uh, you know, I'm 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 continuing to be impressed and amazed and proud that you know CW that the writers. The actors, producers are all leaning into it because mm-hmm. I think we need all of this now more than ever. Um, and I'm very proud of that.
2: Do you feel like this is a show that couldn't have happened five years ago because of that element?
3: Um, I don't know. What I do know, I don't think it would. we would have gotten the same uh, response. Mm. I don't know if I would have been as excited to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But uh, what I do know is that you know, we, we do need it now. And, and that, you know, um, these are issues that need to be, uh, dealt with. And, and I'm glad that we're, that it's just a natural part of, uh, the stories that we're telling. Mm-hmm. Cause I think when you deal with issues such as these, it's difficult to not come off as preachy. Um, and I don't think we do, mm-hmm. you know, I think these are just, uh, the lives of, of these characters, and uh, and they just happen to be dealing with some some really serious stuff.
2: How much of of it is your character dealing with this stuff? Are there things from his past that will learn maybe relates in some of these ways?
3: Sure, of course, yeah. That that's what's great is that uh, you know a lot of times when you have a show that focuses on the youth, you know the older characters are kind of you know they kind of fall by the wayside or they're they're written very generally mm. in a very general sense. And that's not the case here. Um, you know, my, my character has a very similar background to Spencer and is also dealing with the same issues, even though, but you know, like I'm a, i am my, I play a character that is a black coach mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. So just when you say that, that comes with, you know, a bunch of, you know, loaded dynamics. So I'm dealing with that on the show. Uh, and just you know, in my personal life, growing up, educated, being around other people that you know would make fun of the fact that I was educated, um, not feeling like I fit in, whether it was because I was a music theater actor, hanging out with athletes, or you know, a, a black actor in a on a white mm. basketball, whatever. Um, all of that um, plays into you know what, what's happening on set, and it just makes everything uh, a little easier and uh mean a little bit more because mm-hmm. i know for a fact okay this actually happened so i'm great that that uh you know we, we get an opportunity to portray it
2: mm-hmm. have you i mean are, have you gone into the writer's room at all and said here are some things from my life that i'd like to see oh my Papa? goodness
3: yeah which was cool that 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 is a uh what am i about to say is a testament to this whole process is that I was invited into the writing room. Mm-hmm. A lot of shows don't want the actors in the writing rooms because yeah. they, don't, they don't want the actors to, you know, to uh, to Bogart and to, <laughs> you know, to to selfishly, you know, uh, bother the writers about what they want. But uh, on a show like this, they were um, encouraging us. <coughs> Excuse me. And we sat for an hour just talking about our own personal um, situations and similarities, you know, to the stories of the characters, and that was great. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes us just as actors feel uh, like we matter, and um, it lends itself to the authenticity of 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 the show that they're going for. When I know that they are interested in my personal life mm-hmm. and my personal experiences, and that there's a possibility that that might lend itself to the to, to the show and the writing. That's, that, that means a lot to me.
2: Yeah. At this stage in your career, I mean, how much do you feel like you need to personally really relate to the character? Or do you like the challenge of he's so a character so different from me?
3: You know what? It, it goes both ways. What I was taught just as an actor growing up was to immediately find the similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, since I'm playing this character, you know, there must be elements. Since that person thought of me, there must be elements that, that are similar and then um and then the the yeah the challenge is to to fill in the blanks. so you know I've never played football, so now the the challenge is to you know convince everybody that I used to play <laughs> football uh, I've never been you know uh, I don't coach I, my my son I have an eight year old son who plays basketball in a club league and I'm screaming all the time and running <laughs> up and down, so I can kind of uh, 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 I can oh. understand that um. But not to the extent of, you know, a, a real football coach. So that's where the fun is in the, in the research and, once again, having, you know, real um, athletes mm-hmm. uh, available to us.
2: And, I mean, we talked a little bit about, like, the family aspect of the show, not just the family with his home life, his actual son, daughter, mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. the family of the team. Mm-hmm. What did you guys do as a cast to kind of create the chemistry you need to have that bonding on screen?
3: I mean, it's happening, you know, daily. But we're so—it's such a great cast, and everyone is uh, seems to be so uh, genuinely interested in the project, and um, just nice, uh, uh, as well as funny. So when we're on set, we bond immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I'm—I'm I'm the you know the father figure. Um, we're all you know we're all together in between scenes, cutting up, laughing. Dancing, singing, you know, um, getting to know each other, and all of it uh, uh, lends itself to to just strengthening the, the relationships that that are uh, that are portrayed in, in the script.
2: Mm-hmm. It's early on, obviously, mm. in the show's run. But what would you imagine is going to be one of his biggest challenges this season?
3: I think. You know, I can only, I can only imagine from, you know, from, from my experiences, I think it's the difference, the difference in neighborhoods and allowing, allowing oneself to enjoy. Cause I remember I, I grew up uh, for a portion of my life in the inner city and then my mother found me a scholarship at this Ritzy private school mm. and walking in, you know, you like to claim where you're from and point fingers and all oh, rich kids are you know they don't get it, and they don't know how to dance, and all this stuff. <laughs> but then I started to enjoy myself, and then there's some guilt mm. that goes with that. And I think, um, you know, navigating all of those real life feelings um, uh, is going to make for great TV. I think that that's going to be one of one of the character Spencer's um, biggest challenges.
2: And for and for Billy as well, what do you think the sure. challenge
3: would be? Oh well, it's it's just May it's, it's trying. To um, maintain certain images, you know, he's the father, he's the coach, but at the same time, and you know, the, these these guys are supposed to know everything, um, <laughs> and he's realizing that he doesn't, and that's been really really fun to watch, you know, like seeing similarities, feeling more closer to this player um, on the on the on the football team, feeling sometimes closer to him than he does to his own son, mm-hmm. feeling that he has more more in common. But then, at the same time, you know, not wanting to make his son feel less than—I um, mean, it's so—it's so great because there are so many different, yet um, real and and important issues that that the show is tackling without even trying. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: obviously, you, I mean, you just mentioned it—he has a mm. son, he has a daughter, mm-hmm. um, Spencer coming in. He is kind of a father figure to Spencer mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. G- Have you worked out ways where you're different? Your physicality might be different in a scene with Daniel, who plays Spencer, because he's a father figure; he's not his father.
3: It go yes, and 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 once again, it's a testament to the show. It can go either way. Um, uh, a lot of times, I'll just kind of focus on one scene and and kind of trust that the energy and my surroundings will kind of you know help lift the whole scene. Um, and I noticed that when I was in a scene with Daniel, him playing Spencer, I, my accent kind of switched, mm. um, and I kind of kind of made the choice to like, okay, now we're brothers, two dudes, you know, just kicking it, um, and that was really fun to to kind of realize, oh, this is another another side, you know, that that I didn't think, you know, I didn't knew, I didn't really, I didn't know that that existed. Mm-hmm. You know, let alone you know, w- would 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 kind of um, um, make the scene more interesting. So um, that's all throughout this show, and I think it's it's really entertaining.
2: How much do you find that you guys get to play around on set? Maybe not ad lib full lines, but just in terms of finding out those dynamics and very often,
3: very often. And I, you know, I don't think it, it was an accident, you know, the fact that we're all together working on this project at the same time in this fashion, because, uh, because so many of us have come from similar backgrounds, you know, the higher ups are allowing us to, to bring our experiences to the show. And I think that's, that's, I think that's so important and it's so rare especially on a network television you know especially on a television show that you know that that uh that everybody is kind of uh looking forward to you know a lot of times people will kind of tighten the reins and in our situation they're just they're just letting us do our thing and i think it's it's great
2: again i know it's early but is there something you want to claim something that you've thrown in a line or a piece of him that that was all you
3: uh, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I never say it was all me, just okay. because it's inspired by the writing. But I, I do know that the the writers are always cool with, you know, as a coach, you know, you want to have your own lingo, yeah. you know. Um, I also kind of want to leave my little mark and do things a little differently than than what what we've seen on television. So the the writers and higher ups are are all for it, and okay. it's great. It's really great. Great.
2: Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for
1: listening to this week's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking to Julia Roberts and Sam Esmail about their new series for Amazon, Homecoming. And if you like the show, I'd appreciate it if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let us know, too, who you want to hear from. What stars and producers should we invite on the show? Email us at podcasts at variety.com. See you next time.